Dear friends, welcome to another edition of Forum 2000 Online Chats. My name is Martin Ahl. I am from Czech Economy Daily Hospodářské noviny. Today we have with us Dan Shiftan, uh, Director of the International Graduate Program at National Security at the University of Haifa in Israel. Welcome to our chat, Mr. Shiftan. Good afternoon. Uh, Ukraine war is changing many things, among them perspectives of international relations, including Middle East and Israel. Uh, but we have to start from the very short introduction of how Israel now perceives war in Ukraine. Of course, from an Israeli point of view, what Russia is doing in Ukraine is barbaric and is a major danger to the world order. Uh, Israel has a problem of coming out in front of the confrontation with Russia because we have a strong Russian force on our border and we have a vital interest, an existential interest in continuing to hit the Iranian bases in Syria And Russia can not perhaps stop us, but make it very, very difficult for us to continue this. So at the moment, we are not seeking a confrontation with Russia. So on the one hand, we say where we stand. And on the other hand, we don't become involved, for instance, in supplying military equipment because the result will be a military confrontation with uh, Russian forces in the Middle East. If Israel would have had a major impact on the war, then we would have a dilemma. But since whatever Israel will do is negligible concerning, concerning the outcome of the war, I think that the Israeli careful attitude is justified morally being very, very clear where we stand, but not becoming involved militarily in any direct way. Uh, because Ukraine and Russia are big exporters of grain and other foodstuffs, there are warnings that uh, there might be food crisis uh, in the region of the Middle East or wider Middle East. Uh, what's uh, the position or what's the opinion or perspective of, uh, of the war within the Middle East, within the whole region? Look, the whole region is, is in a very big situation concerning practically everything, not just the prices of energy and wheat, but also the regimes have great difficulties, the societies are crumbling. And unfortunately, a lot of the Middle East, a lot of the countries in the Middle East have no future uh, in terms of being able to deal with the challenges of the 21st century. So, so in addition, to so many other problems, now we have an additional problem. And how big, uh, if you, you say additional problem, uh, how big this problem coming out of the Ukraine war, or war in Ukraine, is in comparison with some other problems the region is uh, working with? I think that the broadest significance here is global with impact on the Middle East. Let me if I may give the, this broad picture and then explain how it refers to the Middle East. We've learned from the experience of the Weimar Republic that the democracy needs to defend itself domestically from enemies, that we have domestic enemies like the Nazis on the eve of the Second World War. And if we don't take measures against them, they will destroy us. Uh, Europe and the democracies in general are learning now the lesson that there is also a need for self-defending democracy, namely the understanding that there are evil forces in the world like uh, Putin's Russia, 
and that you need to defend yourself against them. And if you're not prepared to defend yourself, if you even don't recognize that there is evil, that there are barbarians, that a war is possible, then you forget to defend yourself. And this is what happened to Europe to a very large extent. This is why Europe is militarily unprepared. This is why Europe believes or believed for a long time until recently, and the war in Ukraine changed it and it has implications in the Middle East, that if you have a problem, you have a dialogue and you speak with people and you convince them to reach a compromise. But with barbarians, you can't reach a compromise. And this is a reality Israel has in the Middle East with its barbarian enemies like Iran or Hezbollah or Hamas or ISIS. Although Israel recently has countries in the Middle East where not only it can conduct a dialogue with them, but even we have a coalition. So in the Middle East, we have learned recently that when you have a bigger threat like Europe has with Putin, then forces will come together that otherwise would not come together. And instead of having what we used to call an Arab-Israeli conflict, where the overwhelming majority of the Arabs were confronting Israel, we have today an Israeli-Arab coalition against Iran and to some extent against Erdogan's Turkey, but primarily against uh, Iran. And this understanding in Europe and in America, that there are wars and you have to have an army and you have to prepare yourself, civit spatem parabellum, whoever wants peace must be prepared for war. And the only way to stop wars is to deter from them by being strong enough and deter from them. So in the Middle East, we are learning this lesson now that Europe is learning this lesson and the United States is learning this lesson and Western societies understand that you have to be prepared for war, you can better understand what is happening in the Middle East. And not only from an Israeli point of view, but from everybody in the Middle East who doesn't want to be subjugated to Iran, who doesn't want Iranian hegemony over all the oil and the gas and the religious sites in the Middle East. This is a very important lesson to understand globally beyond the Middle East. So if until this war, you had people in the Middle East who understood it and people in Europe who found it very difficult to understand because they denied that something like Putin and Ukraine can happen, now that it actually did happen, and the Europeans are preparing themselves, the Germans are more than doubling their defense expenditure. Everybody understands that in order to deal with certain problems, you don't have to send diplomats, you have to send missiles, so that one day you can send diplomats, because if you can defend yourself with missiles, then you come back to the point where you can defend yourself with diplomats. With Israel, it already happened. We defended ourselves against many Arab countries with missiles. Today, we're negotiating with them, with diplomats, and we even have a coalition with them. So it helps the Middle East to see that democracies are willing to defend themselves. And it is very encouraging, particularly for Israel. 
I would say that not all European countries were not warning against the uh, potential Russian aggression that the eastern eastern flank of NATO, let's put it like that, the Baltic countries or Poland or to a great extent also Czech Republic was, has been warning uh, their Western counterparts that something like that might happen. But even we couldn't realize, imagine that uh, this could be such, a, as you said, barbaric uh, uh, invasion. Uh, you mentioned the uh, Israeli lesson for defending democracy that you need the weapons uh, and you need uh, you need will to use these weapons. What else can we uh, as a European see in this defense of democracy as a kind of uh, another Israeli lesson uh, from your long uh, politic, political fight, let's put it like that? I think that the Europeans must make a distinction, and now they're beginning to make the distinction, between the enormous success of Europe in turning a really a slaughterhouse. Europe used to be a slaughterhouse until 80, 75 years ago, and there is a tremendous success in turning Europe into a free and, and um, a welfare continent where people have a good life. And Europeans assumed that the whole world is going in this direction. And they came to Israel and they said, why don't you do what we did in Europe? Why do you need to fight? Why do you need to have a big army and so on? So the understanding that whatever works inside Europe, or at least inside Western and Central Europe, does not necessarily work even in other parts of Europe, namely Eastern Europe, and certainly not in the Middle East and certainly not in other parts of the world where this enormous achievement of the Europeans is not something that they're even close to, where people try to kill each other instead of speaking with each other. And I think it's also important to understand something that the Europeans were very careful about for good reason, but they were too careful about, namely that culture matters. You see, when you tell Europeans, okay, this is good for Europe, but it's not good for Arabs, immediately some stupid person jumps up and says, oh, this is racism because you say there are cultural differences. If you don't understand the cultural differences, you don't understand human behavior. And as much as you must understand the cultural differences between Western and Central Europe and Putin and what is happening in Russia, Imagine how much you must bring culture into the picture when it comes to the Middle East, when you have, for instance, Palestinians, where the only national heroes are people who killed civilians on the other side. They don't have any other national heroes, and they glorify people who are terrorists. So if you exclude the discussion of culture, you cannot understand anything about human behavior and certainly not the differences between how democracies behave and how um, authoritarian and totalitarian regimes behave. You mentioned also that the United States are supposed to learn a lesson. Uh, what uh, for them might be the most important outcome of, of events now in, uh, in Europe? Well, actually, I find it interesting that the major change in behavior comes with people on the left. In other words, 
what we are what we are seeing in Germany is somebody from the SPD, a, a chancellor from the SPD, doubling the defense budget. We see a Democrat in the United States understanding that against Russia, even if you're not going to war, at least you have to help with weapons other countries to go to war because the left side of the political spectrum was more unrealistic than the right side. The right side was also unrealistic. Remember, in the United States, the neoconservatives believed that you can bring democracy to Iraq. I mean, this was so unbelievably ridiculous when they suggested it, or you can bring a, a female equality to Afghanistan. So it is unfortunately a problem with all people in the United States and in Europe, but it was more of a problem on, on this side. And the fact that now people who are combating effectively with the um, invasion, both in Germany and in the United States, it is very important that they come from this part of the political spectrum. That was another edition of Forum 2000 online chats with uh, Dan Shiftan from University of Haifa from Israel. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Martin L from Czech Economic Daily Hospodarsk and you are watching Forum 2000 online chats.